It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Also, check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. We're joined here tonight by Nick Woten from USA Today's Bills Wire. He has been kind enough to join us here. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick, N-I-C-K underscore Woten, that's W-O-J-T-O-N, on Twitter. So, Nick, thanks for joining us here tonight. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on there with the Bills Wire. Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me. First and foremost, guys, I appreciate it. Anytime you need anything. Um, and, of course, uh, because uh, you guys nailed my last name, too, I didn't have to give you any corrections at all. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we got a got a couple of things uh, brewing for us, uh, much like you guys in Miami. We're looking more towards the future now. So um, two prominent names, one of them you guys are very familiar with. We have a couple of stories up about Charles Clay. I'll tease one for tomorrow. I got first and foremost 10 potential replacements for Charles Clay because it's uh, not going too pretty for him this year in Buffalo. Um, I also wrote a column on himself and uh, LaShawn McCoy, why the Bills should potentially move on from him. And one that's already up uh, might sound familiar from the one IT, but 10 potential replacements for LaShawn McCoy. So could be some changes coming in Buffalo. Like I hear there could be some uh, changes going on in South Beach. So that's kind of a couple of things we got uh, brewing right now on uh, BillsWire.com. You bet. Be sure to check those out. And while we're on Charles Clay there, good way to start the show. I believe this is his fourth year in Buffalo. Obviously, he I think he signed a what five-year, $48 million contract a few years ago when Rex Ryan was there. What has that experience been like? I know he's been a little bit of a disappointment, like you said. Yeah, personally, I think, Kat, that um, Charles Clay, up until this year, I've been a little bit of a supporter of him, if you will. I've never thrown him under the bus. I mean, he's never been a part of a prolific passing offense with the Bills. I mean, he went from Tyrod Taylor to now – well, this year it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. We had Josh Allen right now. We had Nathan Peterman for a time, and we saw maybe AJ McCarron even. <clears throat> Excuse me. But even when he was with Tyrod Taylor, he was kind of pretty reliable of a guy. He's always in the top one or two of catches or yards, and then all of a sudden this year he gets fall off a cliff. We're still searching for where Charles Clay is. Um, Twenty-one catches. That's about half of what he's used to. He's kind of always had a little bit of an injury bug that have kind of rub fans the wrong way and I think really what the biggest problem is is almost something that's not really in his hands you guys have a similar issue not so much this year but years past when guys like Rob Gronkowski come to town and Gronk he's a Buffalo native and he just comes in with the the big bad evil pass and just eats up the bills 100 yards eight catches two touchdowns you got Charles Clay who's getting maybe four catches or 40 yards a good blocker a good all-around player, and then this year it really just fell off a cliff for Charles Clay, and then all of a sudden now it's it's really looking like he could be packing his bags in the off season, and a lot of it has to do with that contract that you mentioned. His dead cap hit drops from I believe somewhere between 11 million and 13 million to about 2 million next year, so it's looking more and more likely uh, he was act inactive last game, and we'll see this game if he plays at all again. So, yeah, and looking at the rest of the Bills. Offensive weapons, you know, Shady McCoy may not be here next year. Charles Clay may not be either. Kelvin Benjamin was released earlier this year. So I know Zay Jones has taken over kind of as that leading receiver. How do you see the Bills 
running backs and receivers without giving too much away looking here in 2019? Um, well, in 2019, it's going to be tough to say because I think they have to have to make uh, I guess wholesale changes, if you will. You mentioned Zay Jones. He's going to be around. He's a young guy, second year. Um, really, him alone, if you look at him, not to get too deep in it, he had some crazy off-season issues out in L.A. Um, we were running around naked, literally in a hotel. Um, he was injured this off-season, came right as a rookie from the draft, and you kind of have that thing with rookies where they don't get a full off-season, they say. So he was injured, went through some crazy stuff. He's never really had a full off-season to prepare. He's been hurt. So I'm hoping for another step forward with him. Outside of Zay Jones, all of a sudden you had nobody. And then all of a sudden this guy, Robert Foster, man, he's come out of nowhere. If he if he gets 40 more receiving yards than Zay Jones in this final game against Miami, he's actually going to end the season as Buffalo's leading receiver. I think he has about 529 yards, 40 yards behind, 39 yards, excuse me, behind Zay Jones. He made the team out of training camp. His first five, six games, he only had two catches, and they both came in one game. And then that's what really says about his second stint with the team. He got caught and went down to the practice squad. The guy's taking the team by storm. I, I don't know what it is. He's an undrafted rookie from Alabama, and the guy's just great. He's a speedster. He's everything that they didn't have. So we're hoping that, you know, some teams don't get tape on him and all of a sudden figure him out because he's been great. Aside from those two guys, I mean, it, it's a real crapshoot uh, everywhere across the board. I mean, tight end right now, if we don't see Charles Clay uh, against Miami, we're going to see Jason Kroom. Um, he's another another undrafted guy from not this past offseason, but last offseason. Um, best wide receivers. Mm-hmm. We need a total overhaul there. And and, and really, we're, we're, we're looking for just a, a, anything as a number one wide receiver because it's been sort of a, a dead pool of number one wide receivers in Buffalo, if you, dating back to you know, Sammy Watkins and, and whatnot. Right, and looking at the Bills, obviously the big news is Josh Allen this year. And last game against the Dolphins started to show a lot of his potential. 231 passing yards, 135 rushing yards, just an inch away from pulling out that big road victory. So just one game left, and it it could send Bills fans into the offseason with a really good taste in their mouth with Josh Allen. What is the feeling on him after his first year, is it kind of what you expected, or were there really no expectations? Really, it's it's been sort of an interesting. Um, I refer to the quarterback situation as a roller coaster, and then Josh Allen himself has sort of been a roller coaster because the Bills' season has been over since maybe just before the midway point, right? Um, so at that point, once once Allen returned to the lineup, it's been everything about him, regardless of what the defense does, regardless of what anyone else does. So if Allen has a good game, then everyone's feeling good. Even if they lose, even after the last game against the Dolphins, Allen played pretty well, as you mentioned. So the Bills lost, but everyone was puffing their chest out in Western New York about that game because Allen played good. <laughs> but to answer, so but to answer your, your question, um, I think he definitely leaves a little bit to be desired with his arm. Against the Lions, um, they, they squeaked out a win. Um, but it, w- it was nothing like, uh, say, the Dolphins game, where it, Allen did a lot of damage with his legs. Um, that game, he only had 16 rushing yards. The Bills pulled off the 14 and 13 win, um, but he did everything with his arms. So that was that was encouraging. Last week was a little bit of a step back in regards to the roller coaster I mentioned, but they were on the road playing the Patriots. So we're hoping for a little bit of a better better result this week, just in regards to the 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 Allen meter, if you will. Um, and, and really the one thing that, that folks are hoping in the future that he cleans up is his completion percentage. He's at about 50%. But as your prior question, uh, Kat, if they get some better guys around him, that, that completion percentage is going to go a little bit up. 
Certainly. Moving along to the defensive side of the ball, too. I mean, this is a unit that doesn't have a lot of flashy names, except maybe former first-round pick Tredavious White. But you look at the rankings, they're number one in total defense. They're number one against the pass. They're better than middle of the pack against the run. Is this where you see the Bills building from here in the future? Yeah, I think they definitely have a, a tiny hole or two. Um, as we mentioned, the undrafted uh, of rookie Robert Foster from Alabama. We have another one from Alabama in Levi Wallace. Um, he's actually the second ranked, I just saw it today from Pro Football Focus. He's the second great, best graded rookie cornerback in the NFL. He's an undrafted guy from Alabama. He's starting across from Tredavious White. And actually over probably since the last time the, the Bills played the, the Dolphins, Tredavious White has actually struggled a little bit. Of course, he, he's still a very prominent player, and we expect him to bounce back. Uh, played a little better last week. But, um, yeah, uh, this defense has really been the cornerstone since Sean McDermott took over. You guys will remember when Rex Ryan was in town, um, every time Gay Ajayi touched the ball and the Bills were on the other side of the field, there was just no tackling him, it seemed, uh, for a while there. Um, so he really showed up the run defense. Um, the front seven, uh, Lorenzo Alexander, a linebacker, uh, no way he's 35. I'm not convinced of it because he does not play like it. Um, Matt Milano is a really uh, another budding star in the NFL, and, and Tremaine Edmonds' athleticism is, is really just through the roof. A um, couple of mistakes here and there as a linebacker, but um, in regards to the, the defensive line, just they're just about average right now. Um, they need, uh, like a lot of teams do, uh, they need a pass rusher. They need – Trent Murphy's just been a little bit too dinged up across from Jerry Hughes. It's been just eh lately. The last time the Bills actually had a sack from a defensive lineman, it was on Ryan Tannehill the last time that uh, we faced you guys. So it's been a few wow. weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's been about three, four weeks. Jordan Poyer broke uh, the streak of sack list completely last week. But, of course, he's a safety. Um, so And, and not to forget to mention them, the safety duo of, of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer is really going to be the cornerstone of this defense moving forward. But, yeah, we, we need maybe one more pass rusher to share us up, which is going to be interesting when you get to the draft, right? It's so, so defense-heavy. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, I guess, the, the rundown for, for the build defense there. It's definitely going to be what you're going to lean on here in Buffalo, especially developing a quarterback moving forward. So, Nick, I would have hesitated to ask you this if the Dolphins won last week and were still alive for the playoffs. But I can ask you now because it's not mocking the Bills in any way because the Dolphins are in the same position. Right now, Buffalo would be picking seventh in the NFL draft. Could get as high, if my calculations are correct, up to about four, but could drop down to about ten. So as a fan, obviously, you always want the Bills to beat the Dolphins. But in your head, as far as draft position, do you want the Bills to win this game? Um, Truthfully, Less, I want them to to win more. Excuse me, this year than in say years prior. Um, really, it comes down to that quarterback position. If the Bills lose this game and get to number four, there is a zero percent chance that they draft a quarterback. Of course. Um, so having said that, it's a little bit of flexibility where I won't hate it as much as they win. But I think, of course, any any uh, journalistic or, or, or judgmental person right down the middle of the line, you want to say. All right, if they lose this game, it's not, not the worst thing in the world, right? And maybe they can get to number four. The team that the Bills probably want to jump maybe in regards to things needed, I mean, the, the Giants probably up in front of us, um, they probably need some playmakers. And it's going to be the real interesting decision with the Bills. They, 
just really the decision they make in the first round, Cat, can be very interesting because as I mentioned, they really need a pass rusher up front. It's been three, four games since the defensive lineman has gotten a sack, right? So this mm-hmm. draft is this draft is so heavy in pass rushers and defensive linemen. Do they go that route or do they wait until maybe number seven? And a lot of mock drafts right now that are coming out have the Bills getting the, the pick of the litter as the first offensive player at number seven. So it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm really interested to see how, how this, this plays out. And, you know, we'll know by Monday uh, where the Bills and the Dolphins and everyone are picking. And I'm, I'm anxious to see uh, what happens. You're exactly right, because if you look at the top consensus, 10 to 15 players in the NFL draft as we stand right now, of course it's going to change. You're going to find about 9 out of the 10 or 13 of the 15 are offensive or defensive linemen and mostly defensive linemen. So it's yep. a good year to need a pass rusher on guys like uh, Cleland Farrell from Clemson and a few other ones that are going to pique a lot of teams' interest there in the top ten. So, Nick, what is your prediction for this game? How do you see it going down? Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of redemption to uh, Josh Allen in this one. Um, I, I really I jumped out of my seat, I have to say, when uh, Charles Clay dropped that pass in the end zone. Um, you know, I thought thought the pass. If we're going to break down that last pass, it could have been better from from Allen. But I mean, you guys got you guys got Robert Quinn and a bunch of other guys chasing after this, this guy in the backfield. He's running, going left down, up right, and he just heaves one down the field. And there's no one near Charles Clay, and he drops it. Um, so I, I'm going to go. Um, you know, I'll, I'll keep it a little bit lower scoring, maybe uh, 21-14. We'll give a touchdown edge to Buffalo in this one. Um, usually, usually not a homer, but um, I, I, I got to give this one to Josh Allen because oh. My my heart broke for him on that one play. It was it was almost like the all around play from Allen, or excuse me, the game he did it with his legs, did it with his arms, and then one Charles play drop short. And it was in the Dolphins locker room afterward. They were shocked at what Josh Allen brought to the table in terms of his potential. Because I'll tell you what, the reason that Charles Clay was that wide open in the end zone is because Nickelback Bobby McCain started cheating up toward the players that were underneath because they thought there's no way in heck Allen's going to be able to throw the ball all the way across the field and get the ball to Charles Clay. And as soon as he did, he was just either an inch short or, uh, yeah, I think the ball should have been caught, frankly. So, you know, it'll be be the story of this game. It will be fascinating is how the Dolphins adapt to that now that they know the arm strength and the potential that he brings to the table. Yeah, and that's actually uh, the same thing on the flip side there. Um, this is the first game in Allen's career where he's facing a team for the second time. Uh, when they played the Jets, it was the in the first first round, Bills versus Jets, was uh, the Matt Barkley heroic uh, performance of nobody on earth saw coming, where they just smoked the Jets with Matt Barkley at quarterback. And then uh, the last first time they played the Patriots, excuse me, was on Monday Night Football with Derek Anderson. Um, so uh, this is the first time that Josh Allen's going to get and get an opponent that's seen him already, and that he's seen an opponent already. So it's it's a little bit of a, a storyline, if you will, uh, underneath it all to follow for for both sides, really. And Matt Barkley was signed to a two-year contract extension. Obviously, he'll be the backup next year. Josh Allen will be the starter. So no merry-go-round next year for Buffalo. Looks like that's one position that's certainly set in stone for 2019. Nick, thanks yeah, for joining yeah. us here. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, after Nathan Peterman, uh, I'm not surprised a big jump right on Matt Barkley and got a backup that can play. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, Peterson's on – or Nathan Peterman's on the Raiders practice squad with John Gruden now. We'll uh, 
we'll see how that works out for him. What could go wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, thanks for joining us here for this breakdown of the Buffalo Bills roster as they take on the Miami Dolphins in week 17 in Buffalo. You can follow him at Nick underscore Woten. That's W-O-J-T-O-N. And also follow him with the USA Today Bills Wire. Nick, thanks again for joining us. I would say, again, I would say good luck this weekend, but you know that wouldn't be true because you're a Bills fan. So, <laughs> Right back at you guys, but uh, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on and, and any time. Same here. And you can follow Paul and I on the Finn side on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store, too, on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.